Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I am your host, Josh Scar. Joining me this week is Becky. Becky, how you doing? Good. So good. Ready to talk about Futurama. And we have a special guest. <laughs> we have a special guest joining us this week. It is Brendan from the Unchefed podcast. Brendan, how you doing? Hey, Josh. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Happy to be talking Futurama with you. I know we had some fun doing all that. Uh, and some memes and stuff on Twitter. So this is a, a really exciting opportunity for all of us. I'm stoked. I can't wait. I love the show so much. <laughs> Just so much. So I know what a lot of people are thinking. Oh, Becca, Becky. I was going to, oh, how dare you? Edit <laughs> that out. <laughs> Get it out of here. Right, you bitch. Edit I, that out. You know, I, you know, I call you Rebecca and I don't know why, but my mind just decided to cut the rut out of it and just went Becca. All right, here we go. We're going to uh, organically go into after you edited. <laughs> my favorite part about Futurama is, <laughs> sorry, okay, I'm done. I'm done. that's the last one, I promise. I was just going to say, I, I'm in currently season nine, about to be 10 of my rewatch. That took about um, a month or less. I, I, <laughs> I binged Futurama so hard and it was awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't had the opportunity to binge it as often as I used to. Um, but I know what a lot of you are thinking is, oh, they're just talking about Futurama because they're bringing it back on Hulu. Wrong. We've had this in the works since well before they announced that it was coming back as a revival on Hulu, well before the John DiMaggio drama. And this is because we are celebrating the 23rd anniversary of Futurama. Last time we did an episode on the 19th anniversary. So we're continuing with the weird year anniversary celebrations that's all this is and if you want to go back and listen to uh an episode that becky rebecca rebecca becky and i did <laughs> i'm gonna fumble over this my name i call me, I don't call know. me shabadoo shabadoo <laughs> that's a huge drama reference right there yes i know fry's fry's great 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 grand no the professor's dad so it's his the great, professor's parents. His, his his nephew however many times removed Graham Graham doesn't like it there and I know Shabba don't <laughs> so before we dive into this we we have uh, one of our ads which Brendan is actually the mastermind of these uh, brain trust ads that we've been doing uh, this ad is from our friends at the super familiar with the Wilson's podcast so we will be right back the super familiar with the Wilson's podcast you know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid the house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun, and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons, and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games, and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. Welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed that ad spot from our friends at the Super Familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Brendan, you did a guest spot with them too, right? I, I did. I, I love them. I think Josh and Amanda are just the funniest, coolest people, and they, they put together a really fun show. Josh does all the music. He's an artist. It's just, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, their podcast is a lot of fun. The, the, you've been on a lot of shows lately. Uh, it seems like every time I open up Twitter, it's like, hey, Brendan's here. And I was, I was all excited, like, oh, yeah, we got Brendan coming on. And now it's like, oh, he's doing everyone's show. This isn't so special. <laughs> oh. I'm a friend. 
but uh brendan and i we we connected on his podcast uh on chef we talked about good burger and we he was actually one of the first people we talked to when we brought the podcast back um the unchef podcast which i love uh that we we just kicked it off pretty quickly and uh we we've crossed over before and hopefully we'll cross over again rebecca's getting attacked by her dog <laughs> For sure, Rebecca's getting attacked by her dog, but also for sure we'll we'll collaborate again. People really like the Good Burger episode. There's something I uh, I don't know. I think we uh, we hit a vein with the nostalgia. Nostalgia's big. You I know. mean, let's we can we can definitely find something else. Futurama for, like I, I don't know me personally. That's like such a such a rich and deep well of nostalgia attached to the show. And so since the Good Burger thing worked out so well, I was just I was so excited to hear that you were doing this and very uh, humbled. That, uh, that you invited me and I'm glad that you did it before you soured on the <laughs> fact that I'm I'm like the, the community bicycle at this point. Everybody's <laughs> riding that guy. Everybody's riding that guy. I really appreciate you being on. It, it, is a, a, it is a great pleasure to have you on, um, especially with how great your podcast is. I, I appreciate you taking the time to take a break from talking about food to talk about Futurama, something that, again, we all love and enjoy. So I did want to take a quick moment to kind of just talk about how the show has lasted for you. Uh, Rebecca has already kind of shared that she watches this show like twice a year. Every year. Start to finish every year. I absolutely. Uh, so like, why why do you do that? What is it about the show that just makes you want to come back to it twice a year, every year? Okay, so I'm 29, going to turn 30. So I would have pretty much been watching reruns and I can't even remember like where where I watched it what I caught it on like before you know finding it on a streaming service so I don't even know like why in the first place but I know I was afraid of King of the Hill because of the ant episode because I thought it was a scary (laughs) and at the time I was like this is not fun and cute drawings this is scary and I didn't like uh I think there's only what what is the other one that was really popular at the same time as King of the Hill it was like uh, the family guy had come around and then yeah family uh, guy was I, out simpsons futurama those were yeah the, and i'd never watched those. the simpsons either like we just didn't i don't my parents weren't into it they didn't care about tv or anything like that so they were like they weren't watching it i just remember seeing it and being like i think the very first episode i saw was it was not 3001 i think it is the second episode or second or third where they go to the moon and Fry's all excited mm-hmm. about the moon. And then I just, I think it was like the first time I realized I was like, oh, like that's a reference to something. And that's a reference to something. And like, I kind of get these references. Like, this is really funny when they do stuff like this, like a farm on the moon like, and they're redneck. This is crazy. The moon, the moon, moon. The moon like what the, what's happening? And I just, I remember I was like, all right, you know what? Like it's out at this time and I'm gonna like schedule it so I can watch my show. And I, like everybody thought it was so weird in my family. They were like this cartoon. And then every time they release more things, I just, I always seem to really like it. I, I that theme park's a mighty sinful place. Tilt <laughs> World's okay, though. And then like, <laughs> but when he's like, I'm impressionator Jim, and she's like, no, I love him. I love him. Oh, Fender, you didn't touch the crushinator. Oh, woman, that fine has to be romance. <laughs> I identify with the crushinator. I also need to be romanced. <laughs> you also have a gun back in your <laughs> Absolutely, yes. That's awesome. That's a great show. That's a great episode to come in on, I think. It has like everything 
the characters are kind of established like a little bit like not as much as they will be but like Bender's doing his thing and like has his moments and like the Fry and Lila thing is like kind of going on like and that everybody else is in it too like Amy's in it yeah it's, it's particularly good so Brendan <laughs> what is it about Futurama that that stuck with you well I mean I I think she did a really good job of sort of grazing what it is for me. It's these are stories that we're familiar with told in a really absurd way. Like that whole, I can't do this, but I love them. is like, that's so many different pieces of, you know, entertainment and literature. So we recognize this story, but then it's like a big robot that turns into a car with like kind of backcountry sort of stereotype father, <laughs> but he's like on the moon. Like we get all these stereotypes, but they're just like put in different environments. Or like, yeah, like the farmer's daughter, but it's like, he's got three robots. <laughs> like, yeah, what? my three beautiful <laughs> robot daughters. daughters. <laughs> yeah. So like we're familiar, like everything about about it is like I get this but it's told in like just this slightly absurd way that is interesting and really intriguing and I think that frequently that absurdity is something that the writers to their credit are uh, frequently able to attach like a lot of sentiment to because they they develop the characters so well within these absurd environments and uh yeah I just I, I I immediately fell in love with the way that they were able to build a world and build characters and uh, tell familiar stories in completely different and exciting ways. You know, you could do anything with Futurama from uh, visiting another dimension to going to the past, to the future, to alien worlds. It was just, I think, short of something like Doctor Who, there's there's really no other show that has like the deep pool of material to draw from that a show like Futurama does. So that's what stood out to me and still does. Yeah. It, it's, it's 100% all of those things. Cause yeah, it, it can be whatever it needs to be because it, it works through the lens of satire. So you can just muck your way through whatever, because you can just say science, uh, future, yeah. future science. Yeah. It's really playing around with the idea that uh, science is just, uh, magic that's been explained <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah uh so for me futurama really means a lot because um i mean I'd, I'd been watching the show since it had debuted on fox um i remember watching the premiere um i believe it premiered it premiered march 1999 uh and it was just bleeding into the whole y2k phenomenon and all that but where it really kind of started sticking with me was when it was on uh adult swim and this was back in like 2005, 2006, where they have, would have like a two hour block of Futurama. And I had gone through a really bad breakup at the time, which Rebecca knows all about. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, it, it just became a comfort show for me because like I would fall asleep to it. It would be like one of the few things that would actually allow me to fall asleep because I was such a mental wreck from this thing. And uh, I ended up buying all the box sets and everything so I could like put it in my DVD player and just let the episodes run while I, I fell asleep. It got to a point where I could literally hear the opening line of the episode. Didn't matter if it was good news, everyone. It, it would be, I would be like, I know this episode. I know exactly what episode this is. Uh, just from the context and the setting. I, I couldn't, I didn't get to the point where I could read the sub caption on the opening credits and know what episode it was. But just from the opening sequence of like, even the first line of dialogue, I'm like, oh, I know this one. This is the Slurm episode, or this is the episode where they do Titanic and all that. Uh, so it's a really big comfort show for me. And when they do the sentimental stuff, it really, it really gets me. Cause it's like this thing I love is doing something about love and I love it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> me and you a lot with this. I think Josh and I are both like, 
this is so cute because Josh at the store when we worked together was <laughs> grumpy <laughs> grumpy hates the world Josh and Rebecca was uh what 16 and <laughs> super naive and just super naive and uh just me a bubbly ray of sunshine which I still am now I'm a little bit more hate the world Becky but and that's why when I watch it I'm like Brian Lee loves not real but it's really really cute (laughs) every time I'm like oh it's so cute yeah that's every time it's so cute what a good show man Mm -hmm. we should talk about it best relation yeah we should talk about (laughs) this that is uh that is one of the best relationships ever Brian Lee is just like that's that's the perfect tv relationship as far as I'm concerned there's there's not going to be a reality that's you know quite as quite as I don't know fleshed out as their relationship is i am I curious think. how they're going to handle the the relationship with the revival because they they essentially reset it didn't they with the the finale yeah, yeah. they closed it out pretty well like they did the whole like living through time uh growing old together i, I alone. love that episode with all that where they when leela's like i didn't regret a single second of it just living in a frozen timescape where they grew old together just oh that was yeah. that, that hit me in the sentimentalism I know that one was that was like the big time real feels where you're like, oh god, <laughs> this is why is this stupid animated show like making me tear up right now? Well, that's the thing. I said that, I said that you don't have like real relationships that get as fleshed out. That's not true. But what is true about the relationship between them is that it has like these several little really profound moments, and that's all you see of it is just like you're springboarding from like you know when uh, Fry gets the worms and yes. becomes like the perfect person for her, and then like he gets rid of the worms and he can't play the song right, and then like it shows him like practicing making the face in the end and then you see him like move the stars in the globe trotter episode and then you see the devil's hands where he like actually starts playing the uh the song and like forming the two of them with that dinky little music where they like just kind of sweetly kiss and then run off holding hands like it's just like you springboard from this one moment to the next and you can see like a little bit of progress every time and uh you know every single aspect of what it took for him to be like go from being just this idiot that she hated and couldn't ever see anything with to like her seeing how sweet and loyal he is you know and his perseverance uh like paying off despite his like you know his uh he's incapable of doing things right a lot of the times i don't know that's just i i really like the relationship and it's really easy to see how that would emotionally move you that progression yeah well and he doesn't like change you know that's like Leela gets her idiot moments. He keeps in his idiot moments. Like they don't, they don't make him any other character. They just basically yeah. become like, be, like best friends that get each other. But I think actually yeah. I was, I thought the same thing. Like, how can you go from the last episode? I will say Josh texted me about the Hulu thing. And I was like, I love Futurama. I'm not excited about it because it makes me nervous like yeah you just I just want it to be good I, I want it to be like what it it, it always is supposed to be they did like um when they build when Fry builds the robot and they're confused oh, oh, in the um the reincarnation episode so they they end with their kiss and then they do the robot thing and they even go through that whole thing of like well like why don't we just be friends for now? Like they do a really good job of resetting the relationship when they need to, because it's not Fry that you have to question. It's Leela. 
So like, you know, no matter what, he's always gonna like try to impress Leela and like do whatever he can to get to her and he'll wait for her. It, it doesn't bother him. So if they do reset everything, it would be like the Girl Try episode where he's like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna figure out what I did to make you love me. And I'm gonna do it again. And I think mm-hmm. that would be very easy for them to do. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I love what you said just the, then, uh, Brendan, about how it, it, it progresses. Fry's yes. never really, Fry doesn't get aggressive with his affection and with his attempts to woo Leela. It's not kind of like Steve Urkel where or he was very aggressive towards uh, Laura. But with, mm-hmm. with Fry, it, it is very much uh, to like what both of you just said, where he just, he's like, okay, I will wait for my next opportunity whenever that shows up. And yeah. he, has, he has a lot of moments like where the holophoner comes back in, like in a random episode, he has it. Like, and it doesn't really have anything to do with Leela. Like he's like practicing it and then it's like out of the episode. And that, you know, it's like that continuation thing that animated shows don't really have to do. And then there's whole shows where he might make one joke, Leela, will you go out with me? And then that's it. It's not every single show that like it focuses on whatever's happening between them, which I also really like. Like they, mm-hmm. they bring it back when it needs to be in the forefront and they ignore it when it doesn't need to be in the forefront. Well, they do a good job of evolving both characters. They, they frame Fry's evolution through like he, he evolves through Leela's acceptance of him. So you see like Leela actually growing to accept this character of Fry, which is difficult for her because she grew up alone and made fun of in an abandoned like an orphanarium, uh, which which is interesting because again the show's so absurd. But you're like, wow, that actually makes sense. That's how people work. Like yeah. she she would have relationship issues because of that. It would be difficult for her to trust somebody as genuine as Fry, who's making mistakes. Like she wouldn't trust his loyalty. But since Fry's like growth as a character is sort of grounded in Leela's acceptance of him, you get to see both characters kind of grow simultaneously together, and that's just amazing amazing storytelling so you have this legitimately funny because it's you know not just sentimental it's fucking hilarious it's a really really funny show uh and it manages to do this really good job of storytelling without like ever missing any of its jokes like all of them land like every single joke lands (laughs) yeah there's very few episodes where i i'm like i i don't i'm not i'm over this one uh like I know I'm in the minority with it, but the Lucy Lou episode, I don't like that one. And then yeah. um, the the battling butterfly one, I forget the name of that one. It's from the newer seasons. Uh, but, yeah, the that one, murder fly. Yeah, that one, I that one I will skip in a heartbeat. I, there's nothing redeemable in that episode to me. Really, I like that one. I think it's hilarious. It's you know what? Because it is absolutely ridiculous. I think I yeah. that one makes me laugh. I, I like it because of the, the Fry and Kiff being like, our girlfriends, like, we just want to hang out with them. Like The role reversal. Yeah, the role reversal. I, I can see that. But again, there, there's just, for me, there's too much. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's shining a light on like uh, mass, heavy masculinity and toxic masculinity. But in, in the guise of women overdosing on, or not overdosing, but like abusing steroids and performance enhancing drugs. Um, I don't know. It, there's just something about that episode that just doesn't resonate with me. That's like me and the, what's the, um, the iPhone episode. Yeah. I guess as much as I get like the, the GMO episode, like that one makes me laugh. And at the end they're like, there's no, you know, there's no answer. Kind of like the evolution one as well. I like how they handle both of those, but the iPhone one is like, 
yeah, we get it. Technology is like controlling our lives. All right. Like Susan Boyle, that's, I don't know why that's really in there. It's not that funny. That was a really <laughs> dated reference even back then. It was then so when that old aired. at the time. I was so confused that they like randomly threw out Susan Boyle. I was just like, okay, it's funny, but it's really weird. And it doesn't, yeah, it didn't like hold I think I was still anything. living with my parents when that, when Susan Boyle became a thing. Yeah. Like I, so when that episode aired well after I had moved out, so that had to have been at least like a five to six year time gap for, for that kind of reference. Yeah. It was just strange. And like, but it was like that kind of thing, like we're making fun of Twitter and Apple and like, yeah, I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like the, the Fry and Leela thing was kind of cute in there, but it wasn't. It felt that episode specifically, I, I would say the, the, the murder flies episode too, but that episode, the iPhone episode specifically just felt like tonally out of sync with the rest of the with the rest of the shows i don't know if i would say it's bad tv like i still enjoy it it's still you know it's still futurama which i think is uh you know basically a a, a sign of quality right from the get-go i'm gonna watch a futurama episode but it just doesn't feel tonally consistent yeah it doesn't with- it doesn't like match up with like how clever like the globe trotter episode is that's a, you are all fools of the highest order. That episode feels like it's so long, too. Like, I'm like, how is this only 22 minutes? So much happens in this episode. And it's so clever. <laughs> They're able to do like that. That was such a good plot device because every time it skipped forward, like you understand why you missed out on so much storytelling. But like ultimately what happened for the people that were telling the story is they didn't have to tell a lot of story. They yeah, could like, it like It was like, just, just move it along. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, this makes sense. It's all consistent. It tells a very like decent, but it feels like it covers so much ground. And, you know, that's not the only episode where they're able to do that, where it feels like you go from, you know, this insane, insanely like large gap between like the start and the end of the episode like the one with uh you know i don't want to live on this planet anymore which i think was one of the so much happens in that episode so much happens like you see an entire world come from like you know a puddle into like this advanced society and they do a good job of playing around with time and like cramming just so much story into so little space you know and again all while being funny and sentimental it's truly truly remarkable yeah the the i don't want to live on this planet episode anymore really uh that one plays well with time keeps on slipping because again they the the main characters just kind of go to bed they wake up and all of a sudden it's a completely different time period for them they they went to bed it was dinosaurs they wake up and now it's cavemen then they go to go to sleep again and now it's the future and then everything's just evolved into just floating orbs and like we're going now yeah. <laughs> later everybody which is it, conceptually that's an amazing uh theory to play on too because again like uh one thing they never really touch on is like light speed and time differentials but in in this episode you you also have the idea that okay so someone who can live uh, it's kind of like Grogu. I know Rebecca's going to hate this, um, but in Star Wars, in the, the season two of, uh, or in the book of Boba Fett, they talk about uh, baby Yoda and his time perception because he's going to live 900 years, but the person he wants to be with, uh, the Mandalorian, is only going to live maybe 60, 70 more years. He's going to have 800 more years of a life to live. And they kind of touch on that with um, 
is it nibbler or there's an episode of futurama that kind of touches on that too and that now i'm banking on it with the with the time yeah uh by the time the what was it a million universes will have uh flared into existence and then sunken into eternal night or whatever yes <laughs> I, I love the show <laughs> yes so what what really brings us here today besides gushing about futurama and sharing stories is we 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 had a we had this idea of doing like an awards kind of thing since it is oscar season um which we just came up with nine completely random ideas of like what's the cutest moment or who's the best member of the fry family that's not philip and uh, we put it out on Twitter and we got uh, we got quite a few responses, uh, more than I was expecting. And uh, so we're going to go through the results and just kind of see what we think about what the public perception is here. The first category we have is best non-Philip or Seymour member of the Fry family. And the results are a tie between Yancey and mom. I feel burned that the dad didn't win that one. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. I, don't get me wrong. I, I think that the mom is funny. I don't see why Yancey would have won. I feel like that that's really more of a we don't know like what our options are kind of answer. Because what did what did Yancey ever do in any episode? Well, in the Luck of the Fryrish, that's yeah. that's his redeeming episode. Yeah, because he's got he is he is a shithead in every other episode, and he starts the episode off, and you're like, man, like fuck Yancey, like, what? this guy's a dick to his little brother, like, he's so typical older brother, and then they they build up, for me, they build up the idea that um, maybe some of us who have older siblings who are not the best people in the world, um, they build up the idea that th how is the older brother jealous of Fry when Fry in the future is like, you know, who would be jealous of him? So we have our perception of, like, who cares about Fry? Like, why would he, want? but you go back and you see, like, these people liked him and he was kind of popular and because he had this four leaf clover and he kind of had this like weird random stuff going for him and all his older brother wanted to do was be better than him or more like him it's like that jealousy thing like he just he yeah. wanted what phil had which is an unusual dynamic for siblings i think especially in tv shows and then at the end yeah for him to like to be missing fry and then to want to name his son after fry and then to remember the clover and give the clover to fry or to his son like that's that's good stuff for me but it's his only good episode yeah i i like the i like the fact that they give him they kind of humanize him yes and i like that episode just for if for no other reason that one quote like phil came in right strummed out this tune yeah i was like that's the number one record <laughs> like that's, that's one of my good. That's one of my favorite quotes. I love that episode so much. But like I look at I look at him versus the dad. And I think there's just as much sentiment built up uh with the dad in the Cold Warriors episode when he gives Fry the beer at the end. Oh, that's like, I watched that and, recently. And that's I that's when I I like looked at the survey and I was like, these people are crazy. Like it, uh, yeah, in that in that whole episode, he's like, you're like, man, like poor Fry, like his dad's gotta be a dick to him or whatever. And then that one moment at the end where he like gives that speech and he like again does like the he like you know looks at him and says I love you son that's like that's big family stuff again like that sentimental stuff that they were able to kind of push into the show like you see what like a gruff guy he is he admits to being a gruff guy who's hard on his son but then like gives his reasoning kind of afterwards and you're like okay that same thing it humanizes him it's really sweet like I just don't I don't feel like Fry's mom really gets like that moment I think again it's like the whole she's a mom 
like of course she misses her son kind of thing but she never really gets her like redeemable moment you said there's like a, a mother's love is inherent yeah. and a father's love is something that needs to be enforced and i think that that's i think that 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 is something that is definitely true in media i don't know if i would say that it's always true in real life but like when it comes to media and the perception of like family roles in media yes. i would say that, that that's almost always correct and i think that that's why it's easy for people to be like you know when fry goes back and uh, is stuck in the past and he like his mom serves and he like he kisses her on the cheek and you're supposed to be like oh like that's a cute mother-son moment but what did she what did she do that was on fry like they don't really give her anything other than well she's his mom and uh, I'm one of those people, they came out with those GIF commercials uh, around the Olympics. And it was all like, like what, you know, behind every athlete is the mom. And I was, I was like watching it, like, okay, what about, we got single dads, we got two dads, we got, I was like, so mad about it. Like, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is dumb. Like, what about dads? I'm out here for the dad world and how good they do for their kids. So maybe that's also why I was like, the dad is my favorite non Seymour member of the Fry family. He's also funnier. Like, I like... He's fun- the mom- he funnier. Yeah, the mom has, like, a funny little, like, hi! Like, kind of, like, nasally uh, voices. Just like, I'm playing golf. I'm watching football. Like, I'm, you know, touchdown! In the middle of, like, whatever she's saying. And it's, like, it's sort of comedic as, like, furniture or landscape. Yes. You know? But she doesn't say anything that's, like, independently funny. It's more like how she responds to... Uh, other characters in the show her family and, is like a second priority because she's more invested in her sports yeah yeah and that that's like the joke with her for the most part and i just think the dad's constant paranoia and like you know how he thinks that we're gonna get bombed or turned into monkeys or like that that's just that's funnier to me i don't know i know i agree with that like even in that whole cold episode he and nancy like yancy directly interact with fry and the mom never does yeah she never does i know that's kind of the point but she that's why i just don't really that yeah she's just a background character yeah so through this discussion you guys have actually swayed me i think the dad probably should have one maybe uh maybe just again like we we just have the those heartstring moments because i in i voted in this i don't know if either of you did um but i just just to make sure we had some kind of results uh i put in some votes I, i went with the mom because in the game of tones episode you have those moments where Fry's just like, I just want to talk to my mom. And he's like, it, it's it's such great emotion from Billy West as Fry and just that desperation that he misses his mom so much that he he doesn't care that it's a simulation, that it's a dream. He just wants to see his mom one more time and have a conversation with her one more time. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that now because my dad passed away two years ago and I get that every now and then where I'm like, I, I just want to talk to him one more time. It just kind of like shifted over to, to the mom character for me. And uh, yeah. so in this, like it just, especially in the end where she's just like, I have all the time in the world for you, Phil. And it just, it, it was so touching. I think that kind of really made me forget about all the fun stuff with the dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all decided yeah. the dad is our favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> that one. So the next one is the most memeable moment quote, which put me to shame because I forgot something in this, in the survey. Cause I, I most of these, I had a throw in your own quote kind of thing or throw in your own reference. Uh, so I had put in, shut up and take my money. I am shocked, shocked. Well, not that shocked. Bite my shiny metal ass. Shut up, baby. I know it because Rebecca needed that one. And good news, everyone. 
And then there's, I don't want to live on this planet anymore, which someone wrote in. And I was just like, oh my God, I just shouldn't have been, I shouldn't be running this episode. I forgot. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Uh, so the winner of, uh, through the, the group poll or the fan poll, however we want to phrase it, was shut up and take my money, which I do think that is the most memeable moment. But is it the funniest? I don't know if it's the funniest. I, I think first off, there's so many memeable moments in the show. So many quotes that like, you can't hold yourself accountable for remembering all of them. Like there's like 20 that we could probably come up with. <laughs> you win again, gravity. Or, yes. you know, like, it, like the, like one, it keeps, like the one-off. Yeah. <laughs> you make good schnoo schnoo. Like there's just so many, so many different quotes. Uh, but just as far as what you have right here is concerned, I think the funniest is the it's Saturday night. I have no date. A large orange Shasta and my all mix, rush mixtape. Okay. Let's rock. Was That's that hilarious. you? that you put in no who, I, didn't, I didn't who wrote that because i i just clicked over it and i was like that's hilarious i didn't i like i just watched that episode again i just watched all these recently and i'm like oh yeah that's not a memeable quote but that it was so billy west billy west tweets that tweets that out every saturday night and i love it does he really that's, yeah if you follow okay, him on twitter that's amazing i don't twitter i'm 80 that, well I'm there you go there's your hook to the golden girls there's your hook to join Twitter. Just follow the, the Talking Smack, Unchefed, and Billy West accounts. Talk, what's you Talking totally Smack? Billy West now. It's what you're on right now. <laughs> I'm not on Unchefed. I want to talk about food. I thought we were talking about and uh, <laughs> other various snacks that you can yes, eat from them. Did you know if you pour a bottle of or can of a large orange chest cola in a box mix of white cake mix or whatever, you'll have yourself some low-calorie cupcakes that you can eat while listening to your Rush mixtape and play video games. Wait, Tom Sawyer, he gets high on you. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to that probably two or three times a week at the gym at the, I uh, coach, so I'm in charge of the music and one of my playlists has it on. And every time, like someone in my heart, I'm like, yeah, love this song. So good, so funny. (laughs) Now, I will say, I'm looking at like, okay, most memorable moment slash quote. I would say the one, like when I was thinking about my response to it, I was thinking about the one that gets repeated and stays funny because it's like, it becomes its own catchphrase, but it's like, it's not tedious, Mm -hmm. which is, would be the shut up, baby. I know it, bite my shiny Mm -hmm. metal ass and like the good news, everyone. Because the other ones are, yeah, they're one-offs, very funny. But like you said, there's so many. Like, are yeah. you funky enough to be a globe drought? Like, that's hilarious. Are you? <laughs> are you? Well, with time and are you? No. Like, those are good. I think my favorite out of the ones that, like, they say would be, shut up, baby, I know it. I love, yeah. I love. Oh, um, I changed my mind because I just realized it's not until close to the end. But my my favorite thing that gets, I'm going to say catchphrase, that gets said over and over again is when Bender says, let's go already. That's my favorite. <laughs> yes. Is it the, uh, there's, I love it. There, there's the one where he has the accordion and he just starts playing with the accordion and he's like, I, I, I don't need <laughs> it. Let's go already. Like, yes. it's so, okay, that's my favorite. I'll never get tired of hearing that. My favorite is I am shocked, shocked. Well, not that shocked because it is so prominent and timely and pretty much any news that comes out anymore. 
oh, this person said this. I am shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. No. Is that when Zoidberg tried to eat the leech? No, that's the uh, Miss Universe pageant. Uh, they find out that Bender yes. is the evil Bender. Yes. Okay, and then she, and then Leela says it again. That was like the 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 second time I really remembered it is when in the wild green yonder when she's a feminist says she's going back for the leech and Zoidberg's about to eat it and she goes Zoidberg I am shocked at you. Well, not that shocked. Like, and then she and then she like kind of ends up the end like, well, not really or at all. I was like, okay, yeah, those two remind me of each other. You know, I, I don't know if it would uh, as a quote. It's certainly memeable, I would say. And I've I've said it several times, but whenever Zoidberg like whoop, 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 goes away, <laughs> like that's stooge, actually, yes. That's classic. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is a really, that is a really good one. And yeah, I never get tired of that when it, whenever it comes on. It's not like words, so I don't. I don't know if it's like a you could say it's a quote or like yeah, but but uh, i would say i've used that quite a bit <laughs> my daughter's like can you do this i'm like uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> then i exit <laughs> and then i'm done that's how that's how i escape every situation next category is uh best commercial so best fake product placement essentially for the futurama universe the winner being slurm at 37 and a half percent then we have is that uh poplars which we don't have a proper rating on that one because i accidentally misspelled it and tried to go back and fix it four votes so it's still under slurm yeah i i'm the one that wrote an 80 got 80 80s guys mac ad i wrote that one in because i forgot about that one and i was like yeah that hey, one I'm watching that <laughs> <laughs> then we have anything charleston chew which is more uh richard nixon and yeah. uh uh blurns ball adding ads like they're the spoken word ads uh we've got a couple of votes for molten boron uh anything mom one vote for thompson's teeth and walrus juice but yeah slurm wins we thought walrus juice would have had a stronger showing <laughs> brought to you by fishy, fishy joe's, joe's ride, ride the walrus <laughs> and they're like watch it's so good i actually um i wait i was like i didn't want to type this one in because I, I was I thought like the slurm one does make me laugh uh every time it comes on but uh is what do I say all the time the Pepperidge Farm one I don't know if that I guess I was like I mean that is a quote but I do that all the time I'll be like hey remember when I said I wasn't gonna drink last night and like text you drunkenly Pepperidge Farm remembers like I, I say that constantly so I was like oh that I think that counts as a commercial but that's my favorite one out of all of them but I I, and the walrus juice. I was thinking about adding in the uh, light speed briefs as yeah, uh, an option, uh, but I wasn't sure if that technically counted since it's injected straight exactly. into your brain. <laughs> That's just cheating, really. The other ones, you know, have to be on television and they have a fighting chance. So this one is a bit of a, an upset, I think, for me, because um, among other things, there's just so many of them, much like the quotes. We had best celebrity had cameo. So with this one, uh, the idea was they only could show up for a moment. It wasn't like an entire episode or, or it wasn't a recurring role like Richard Nixon and stuff like that, which I should have put in Bill Clinton because I still love that quote of nothing I do count, technically counts as sex anymore. <laughs> that was that super funny. I know. So that was what I was thinking because all of the president heads that only get like like, oh, he's over there throwing up in the bushes. Like, like <laughs> those are like very tiny little cameos. Or you're like, hey, look, that guy's head's in a jar or whatatever. Um, the pen and teller, I think, is very funny. 
uh, yeah. when they're when they're hosting the poker world tournament. Someone forgot to feed Teller. Someone <laughs> forgot to feed Teller. Our act didn't really change very much after he passed away. <laughs> With this, uh, the nominees that we had written down were uh, Pamela Anderson, Leonard Nimoy, which that one was kind of a, I was going back and forth on that, but in the pilot episode, um, he gets a cameo and then they get an actual full episode together. I think that still counts because he doesn't keep recurring. Um, then Conan O'Brien, Beck, and Claudia Schiffer were the, the initial ones. And then we have Al Gore, which again, I don't know that one counts because he keeps coming back and then he does actually have like a full episode kind of dedicated to him. And he's also written the moon worm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says is so funny. I, I know. <laughs> and he, what is it? Harry, Harry Potter and the, the threat <laughs> of global warming or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> I liked his over, like, damn it, that $200 could have bought me one gallon of gas. And then, like, <laughs> it zooms in on his head. <laughs> and they uh, are the, um, uh, that'll be, I don't know, 10 bucks. Do you make change for a Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> That's a good one. So the, the winner of the fan vote was actually Beck for the uh, Lost City of Atlanta uh, ballad from, uh, from that episode that also features uh, one of the, I never understood why this was censored. Was but Beck, I remember but it was Donovan. What, was it Donovan? I thought it was Beck. It was no, no, Beck is when Bender wants to be. Uh, yes. Oh man, yeah. I completely messed the broken that one robot up. episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely messed that one up. I'm sorry, everyone who voted and is actually listening to this. <laughs> but my vote is Conan O'Brien. I think that one's great because he makes Bender feel bad. Oh my, and it's but it's so cute. You know what? You'll never have freckles. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and he cries. Oh my god, that one is so good. That was that was really good. His hair goes above the water. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, play me off, Max. Oh, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Max and Teller, they both forget to be, get fed. Apparently. <laughs> I know. I like how some of the heads survive, and that other ones like just don't. <laughs> they don't really know what that's about. Or you know what? We should have said, well, she was our favorite cameo. Well, well she. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, well, she. I really like. Also, uh, he doesn't have any words, but one of my favorite, um, like random celebrity heads, is uh, Scott Bakula. <laughs> Only go, way, way to, to kill, kill the franchise, the franchise Bakula. Bakula. That's I like. I like that one a lot. Snoop Dogg as the, uh, the chief justice. justice of the yes. Supreme Court was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta appreciate that. Uh, yeah, there, there's just so many. Uh, like going back to the presidents, where where For Gerald Ford's like, I never found voting to be crucial to the process. Yeah. No yeah. kidding, dude. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Bob Dole. Bob Dole's angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so good. Larouche won't stop telling knock knock jokes every yeah. time. Rich Little is as somebody else. Rich Little here as, and then he's. It's him oh, as a different yeah. celebrity. This was so funny. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. I feel like the celebrities that you don't expect are the good ones. Like they don't yes. go for like top two. You don't have like Tom Cruise and what I think these would have been the big celebrities that would be like um Tom Tom Cruise is the only actor I can think of that was big at that period for some reason. <laughs> you got you got Clooney, you got the friends group, you got yeah, like they weren't, they weren't drawing from like heavy pop culture they were drawing from like 
and it says something like which celebrities would even be in the future as heads the ones that have like a little bit more like mario lopez would totally be a head in the jar for some reason he just doesn't go away (laughs) you know it's not like like society hasn't decided that like there's a a bit of a i think flash in the panness to celebrity and i think that there are some that just stick like the like the Corys and like you know where there it's just like they're just kind of low level celebrities that are destined to be celebrities forever and those are the ones that you want heads in the jars for on the episodes of Futurama I think yes I like that they yeah they do a good job of picking like you know who it is like George Foreman you know who that is you know why he's on there but like that's so much funnier than like think if they tried to make an episode with like any of the Marvel characters like they're wildly popular but they wouldn't be funny and they wouldn't like why yeah why would they be a part of that like that's just whatever but it it works for like the cast of Star Trek and all like the random people they pull in I guess they're not heads in a jar but the Dixie Chicks thing is hilarious to me that's always funny every single time I I do uh when I when you watch you're like oh that person's in it or like this person I, yeah, yeah we sh- I was thinking about we should have asked like what our favorite um because they're not like the like, just a guest spot like in general because mm-hmm. B. Arthur is my favorite. Like <laughs> think about think about yeah, she was, B. She Arthur. Was Pewter, right? Yeah, she was Pewter. Like she's she's also in an episode of Malcolm in the Middle and is very funny in it. And it's just like like this very serious, stern-looking woman who looks like this. <laughs> is is in a ridiculous animated cartoon where she and her that one line where she's like have you ever been like a femme bot like pretending to be a femme pewter in a world run by a man pewter that's actually a man bot like just and imagine a her in the studio recording that <laughs> yeah that so good yeah, that was a that was a pretty standout line. That was good. She she was That's excellent. Like, you have fem pewters fembot living in a man pewter man bot's world. <laughs> so good. That's a difficult to remember. Gosh. I did want to I did want to shout out the one person who wrote in the Beastie Boys as a cameo, which I think that one's great because uh, I love where uh, Fred's like I had all four of your or I had all five of your albums. Like it's been a thousand years. Now we got seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I borrow some tapes? <laughs> i don't want to buy them but i'll i will copy them directly from you and i like that at the i like that they're only in the beginning but then at the end of the episode um they're in the robot hell and i was like i i which that's one of my favorite episodes i thought i like that they came back at the end in robot hell that's that is a really good one whoever wrote that in yeah it wasn't me yeah, I think if we're talking strictly cameo i think conan o'brien gets it for me but i do like the beastie boys i I like that one a lot Agreed. Yeah, those two, those two are particularly good. Agreed. But, but the fan vote goes to Beck, uh, even though I screwed up the idea of cameo. I meant Donovan. I'm gonna we're gonna say it's Donovan that wins because I screwed I, that uh, up. Or I think that just everybody really liked the Beck episode. Yeah. 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 But again, is it a cameo? No, it's not. Or, or how, like, how loose are we playing with our own rules? We are Lucy's playing loose. Not a cameo either, then you know. No, she's not. But I, I just want to give credit to the particular episode because obviously whoever voted for Peck, they were like, "Oh yeah, I liked that episode." So I agree. It was a funny yeah. episode. All right. So this this next one, uh, I actually had to do some research on because I completely forget about these this family that just kind of keeps showing up. <laughs> is the best waterfall family member? Uh, we have Old Man Waterfall, Free Waterfall Senior. Free Waterfall Junior, Frito Waterfall, Free Waterfall the Third, and Hutch Waterfall. 
And I have a feeling that a lot of people just kind of picked a name because I think this was such an out there category. This is like when uh, the Academy Awards do best original screenplay and they're like, aren't they all just words on a page? How does this work? <laughs> like, what does this mean? I don't understand. Well, I, I was the one who suggested this category because I think there's just a lot of really funny things. Like, I love Free Waterfall Jr.'s whole, like, you can't own property, man. <laughs> Professor, yes. I can because I'm not a penniless hippie. And then the whole vegetarian thing, like, no, we taught a lion to eat tofu. And then they show the lion, like, ah. <laughs> like it's just, like, there's a lot of, yeah, uh, Free Waterfalls you're the penguin guys like uh that's nature's pocket <laughs> like put your hands in your buttocks <laughs> i literally just said that like three times yesterday when i was at the food truck because it was so cold yeah. I, I would be like taking orders i'd be like one second and i'd like put my arms my armpits i was like put your hands in your armpit that's nature's pocket <laughs> like, nobody understood the reference but i thought it was so funny every time uh, uh, hold your applause that kills a mold friendly spore that lives on your hands just give a quiet or a kind thumbs or a, yeah what is it an environmentally a thumbs up mold a mold friendly thumbs up hold your thumbs <laughs> like, hold your thumbs yeah that one's that one's good that one's good and then i like an um the other one when they do the interview and he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop talking, stop talking, <laughs> shut up, shut up the whole time. And you're like, that is exactly what that person Everyone's crazy, let me talk. <laughs> let me talk. So speaking of references, no one understands. Um, I actually had an inverse moment of that when I was picking up my comics a couple of weeks ago, Rebecca. Thank you for reminding me. I don't remember if the number, the, the number off the top of my head, I don't remember precisely, but uh, the guy ringing me out after I got my discount for subscribing to comics at my shop uh 1077 same as my pin number and i turned around and went yes i just watched that episode <laughs> yes huh. that's such a good one that's i was good. like yeah give me my large pizza and a, a large soda <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so that, that was really that, that that reminded me so thanks rebecca that's a, that is so good waterfall family members uh which again speaks to the the longevity and just the the amazingness of the show mm -hmm. um I voted for Old Man Waterfall just because I did too. Um, among other things, I just I love that he keeps piling on to how awful he is, but at the same time, he's like pretty idealistic as well. Like he, yeah, he's a Satanist, yeah, he's a polygamist, but he's willing to stand up for things that he doesn't necessarily believe in because he believes in other people's freedoms. Which, in a world that we're living in today, no one's gonna do that. Yeah. But he's he's gonna fight the fight so that people can have freedom. Yeah. regardless of what that freedom looks like i really like how everybody responded to him <laughs> he's like i lost my hand fighting in the war for the freedoms that you all enjoy every day and everybody's like yeah like freedom like having seven beautiful wives boo, boo. <laughs> i'm gonna tell my husband boo. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he's, was, uh, he's such an amalgamation of so many things too because yeah he's 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 a satanist who is also gay, but gay believes in equal rights. And, yeah. Like he, he's just everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, at this point, he is the ideal human, and I don't care what anybody else says. Oh, I didn't vote for him though. <laughs> I voted for Frida Waterfall because also every time I hear her name in my head, I'm like, <laughs> Frida. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid. But I'm like, that's so funny. Uh, but I like her. Avenge me. But she has the best lines. I think of all of them. 
and like and she's I mean obviously she's in a movie so she gets to be in it longer but I don't know there's something about her voice and the lines that she gets and all the like the feminista stuff is so funny to me like it's so funny always Queen Kong never Queen Kong (laughs) (laughs) Queen Kong stop making your point so ineffectively (laughs) whoa man daily <laughs> Leo Wong's removal. <laughs> Just like so funny. Yeah, she's a great character. She would have been my, I think, my second favorite because the uh, the free waterfall senior junior were really funny in moments, but the character themselves weren't quite as funny as Frida. I think. Yeah, I was a she. Uh, she has longevity, and Old Man Waterfall have a little bit more like the longevity of like. They yeah. yes, they they kept on their same thing, but it kept being funny. You you wanted more of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So good. Let's conservate. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, not much voting for uh, Free Waterfall the Third. Like I, I had difficulty even remembering who Free Waterfall the Third was. Yeah, Free Waterfall the Third and Hutch. I I'm like I I ended up going to Wikipedia to because you had suggested the the Waterfall family, and I was like, how many are there? And then I was like, oh, all these people, I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me that these were all like supposed to be from the same family tree. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, and I think that that was the fun part of the subject more than anything else is because it's one of those like backgrounds, like world building that the show does that they don't like, yes. they don't shine a light on. They're like, yeah, it's just this family that's got, you know, a bit of prevalence in the the storyline that we're telling with this show but they don't like really blast it for you. If you, if you dig a little bit below the surface, you find out that it's happening, you know? Or like the only thing they have is like the, the few ones that are like, avenge me, brother. Or like, avenge me, son. And then you're like, wait, but like, they, you know, it's either like, oh, hey, by the way, that was my dad. Like you just meet them later on, which I think is very, very funny. But I, I like, I do like Hutch because he is also in that same beyond uh the wild green yonder episode uh movie so he and frida like share that spotlight and you have no idea at like the time that those are like connected so when she says avenge me brother and then you're like oh wait like hutch is her brother like it's just it's that's it's very funny to me that they're in the same movie and you don't really realize it yeah so our next category uh the professor's best invention we have the what if machine the electronium hat Dark Matter Engine, the Time Button, and the Parallel Universe Box. Uh, someone wrote in the Forward Time Machine, I believe, or maybe I had that one too. Uh, but then you had the Smelloscope and the Thing Longer. <laughs> I, I I thought the Parallel Universe Box was the best, just because conceptually it was the most fun. <laughs> like I like the idea of simultaneously creating the box together, and yes. like it, when they're like fixing with the and they're like uh, 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 uh. well that was pointless <laughs> and then, like it was just I don't know I, I thought that it was fun that that is a really good episode I was that was I was trying to decide like yeah I'm like okay is it like what's the best invention like the funniest like like moment and like the funniest episode because like the thing longer I like only but it ties into the what if machine it's only because like that's what it would have happened if I invented the thing longer so like he never even invented it but he invented an invention that showed him what would have happened but the what if machine gives us two very good episodes yeah. some of my favorites that's right. I do I, I do really like those so I uh 
and the smell scope is really really funny and i like that that one comes back later on too but i i like the um Ooh, what's that funky uh, guys <laughs> yeah i love i love the what if machine the most from a practical standpoint i feel like it has to be the dark matter engine because otherwise we don't get the planet express ship that's true but from a personal standpoint, I think I agree with Brendan where the, the parallel universe box gets it for me because that episode is just so much fun. That episode is super fun. The, the what if machine definitely was a contender for me, but the, I think the, the parallel universe box just kind of takes it for me because Zoidberg has the box. And <laughs> just King Zoidberg. <laughs> That's so May good. I have a chance maybe? The box says no. <laughs> I do like I think Bender turning into a human for the what if machine is so funny. Pretty, pretty I, good. I actually, that's every time that song comes on, I like lose my oh, yeah, shit. I love that song. I like it was like partying at the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Gloria Stefan playing while he's like housing hot dogs and cigars. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, let's keep moving. Uh, we have the best non Bender robot. I believe we actually had a couple write-ins, maybe not. Uh, we had Flexo, the Robot Devil, Calculon, Hedonism Bot, Tinny Tim, Donbot, Cartridge Bot, and Femputer. So I wrote in Cartridge Bot, and Femputer wasn't there, so somebody wrote that in. I, I just thought Cartridge Bot was hilarious, but it, out of the ones that were available, I gotta say I like the Donbot <laughs> because he's like understood. Like everybody likes calculus calculon everybody likes hedonism bot those are those are two very good characters that there's a lot to like there they're both awesome but the don bot i don't think gets quite as much you know attention as this really hilarious like side character that does a good job of moving plots forward you know and they can like just like insert him i i when i think of don bot obviously like you kind of put those as like a trio all of them together like yeah. Joey, because like Joey they, they work so well together. I the Donbot is probably one of my favorite like side side characters. Yeah, yeah. Joey Mousepad particularly, his quotes are so he's like, "Yo's over here," and they're like, "Where's?" It's like I meant over there's. I forgot where I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or he's like, "What with the killing and the like, like uh, the way he like mixes all the words up." This part, yeah, he's particularly funny. Yeah, he's a he's a great character, but yeah, the robot mafia in general is just so great. But I think you're right that it's a dynamic between the three of them. And I just I had to write in cartridge bot because I think the idea of carrying around what you can say in a message bag is just so hilarious. And when and he's that that moment is the best. Yeah, where he says what, and then they like re-explain it, and then he takes the tape out and just puts it back in. He goes what? <laughs> One of my favorite that, moments. That one's good. I was actually surprised nobody put in um the robot preacher preacher i knew you're gonna say yes preacher bot <laughs> oh I so macaroni sweats <laughs> yeah i got some macaroni sweats now wrestle or cuddle cuddle with your demons yeah, wrestle. now change demons change demons That's, that episode's so good too yeah that is a that is a really good side character there is a lot deep well there when I was putting that list together, I actually completely forgot about uh, Cartridge Bot and that gang of misfit toys because do they actually exist? Because they're only part of Bender's psyche when he's getting his upgrade. Ooh, Ooh that's right. Josh, just because uh, Harry, I don't mean to ruin the fun happening. because Cartridge just Bot is an amazing in concept. Your mind doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah, I Dumbledore, I'm telling you that Harry Potter. <laughs> 
Of course, it's all happening in your head. That doesn't mean it's not real. Thank you, Brennan. All of those, all of those primitive robots, like the, the water powered lady who's like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and then come back calmly. <laughs> anyway, we're on this island. Or like when they find a washing machine. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wash my linen so hard. <laughs> they find a washing machine and they, we should bring this over to Bender. Like that, that episode's so silly. It was a really good episode. It was really great. Uh, I'm going to give my vote to Tinny Tim. I just, like I just love him. And <laughs> I just, I just love how everything just ends up with the carpet being pulled out from under him. Oh, like he, oh dear. Oh. oh. <laughs> or like when Bender's uh, working with the robot mafia in the newer seasons and he uh, uses Tinny Tim to just kind of be the, his mule or whatever. Um, it just, I, I just love the, the versatility of Tinny Tim because again, you think he's just like this sweet little robot and then he's going to go peddle some drugs for the robot mafia for better. Yep. Oh, he's got a lot of play. All right. So we've got two categories left. We've got Bender's most sentimental moment. This one is uh, Rebecca's suggestion. Our nominees were wanting to be a, a globetrotter. Which no one voted for. Saving Shelly the turtle sacrificing ben's memory so he can become a bender and staying with fry on the amish planet there were no write-ins for this one uh but the fan vote actually went with staying with fry on the amish planet which i'm a little surprised by that surprised me too i i felt like the episode was almost too new so yeah. that 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 one was um that one was surprising because it wasn't like a like a I don't, like a classic, I guess, episode. And the only reason I didn't vote for Wine to be a Globetrotter is because I waited, I looked, nobody else voted. So I was like, well, I'll give, you know, I'll give my vote to one of the other categories. But I, uh, that is my absolute favorite vendor, like throughout the entire episode. He is so perfect in that one. He's so good at that one. He's so We're going to bake sale for the Globetrotter wives. Yes. <laughs> Will you teach me how to make cupcakes? Like he even says it really cute. And like, he, he's like drawing the star. And then he, Bubblegum's like, oh yeah. Like copyright infringement. <laughs> like, like I go, that's a lawsuit. He's just like hide <laughs> over the top. And like Bubblegum is so mean to Bender that entire episode. And all he wants <laughs> to do is be a Globetrotter. Like I don't. You don't even really know why. He just wants to do it so bad. It's hilarious. So I need to share this real quick because I told Rebecca I would. Uh, a couple days ago on my Facebook memories, I had a message from Rebecca back in 2012. And it said, the turtle where Bender saves the turtle name, or the episode <laughs> where Bender saves the turtle named Shelly. And I just responded, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, that's the cutest episode besides the dog one. <laughs> it's like just, so cute. just completely out of nowhere on my on my Facebook page mention just mentions a random Futurama episode. I'm just like, yeah, okay, what about it? You're welcome. <laughs> I think uh, I I think sacrificing Ben's memory so he can become a bender was the sweetest thing because like the whole episode is so cute. It was shocking. It really, it really is. Like, actually, he's a really good father. <laughs> like, the whole time. Because, like, she, she had that transition where she thought he'd be an awful dad, but then he ends up being a good dad. And she's like, he's actually a really good father. And Oh, yeah. At, at, the, at the end, he's actually a really good father. Like, and then when he, hey, if you don't stop crying, you're not getting kidnapped. And then they're running away and they're hugging, like, the whole time. <laughs> 
like, it's so cute. <laughs> Send it, Daddy. Bend it. Like, called you a poo-poo head. What did it call me? <laughs> anyway, it's like yeah, trying to yeah. pin the straw and he can't do it. And then he just puts it down and starts crying. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or he's like, I'm sorry, son. Who are you again? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that. I love that play where it, it, it does kind of take that idea of like, this person is kind of a prick, but they've become a parent. And now all of a sudden, like their priorities have completely shifted. And the idea of being a parent and the responsibility with that has just clicked something in them. They, they become a good person through their parenthood. And I, I like that a lot. Um, Are you thinking of the same episode I'm thinking of right over there? Because yeah, I used to be like, pretty, but my kids are and I'm like, me too, Josh. <laughs> you guys are like nodding. Or, and I was like, um, I just recall the episode where, what I was like, is it the same or what one is it where he goes to make a, the deal with the um, the robot devil? He's like, I all I need is your firstborn. And he goes, Daddy, I knew you'd come back. And he goes to the house and he punts him into the fire. Like, <laughs> technically, that was his first son. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think parenthood made him that great. Touche. <laughs> that was so funny. I just remember, I like, even for the robot, he's like, even for me, that was harsh. I remember watching that. And yeah, like, was like, was and like, like, oh, like that's kind of cute. And then he busts, when he kicks him, I was like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. it's shocking every time. So funny. Yeah. That was so good. I don't know. What I don't, why can't I think of what episode that is? Why is he making a deal with the robot devil? Is is that the one where he's uh, trying to get back? Is that the same one as uh, saving Fry on the Amish planet? No, see, I don't think so. Because he becomes a ghost. And he then, becomes software. Yes. Yeah, he becomes yes. software. So it's it's something before that where he goes to like make a deal, and then that he's like, "All right, I'll make a deal, but I need to." I can't. I can't think of what episode that is. Someone Google it. Yeah, Josh's looking at it, looking it up. You do have but yeah, I was gonna say. At, in the meantime, saving Shelly the turtle is where where like the Shelly is just in the rest of the episode, which I I think that's why I think that one is so cute. That like when they go to the science symposium or whatever, like he brings the turtle with him and has him like in his hand at like the science thing. Like he goes and saves his turtle and then just carries it with him. To it the was from the beast of the billion facts. That's why it was from the movie. Uh, the oh, beast that's why I can't think. Of, I'm like he's looking for an army of the damned. One. Yes, so that he can go get Fry back from yeah. the, uh, where he can't yep. get where he can't go in there. Yep. So, um, yeah, I I think the Ben. Uh, even with that Ben's sacrificing Ben's memory to let him become a, a bender. I think that one's really good. Oh, what the heck it, the, the staying with the fry on the Amish planet one, that one's, I think that's the only time we ever actually get Bender saying, I love you out loud to fry, even though no one, well, I guess they hear it through the robot devil that he's possessing, but like him cutting off his antenna and stuff like that in the early on episodes uh, better yeah he gets a lot of really good sentimentalism because he he's obviously the character you would least expect it from and that's what makes it particularly precious mm -hmm. but yeah when he's i love you like, <laughs> and then, oh when he's like picking the corn and he like flies through him and then he turns around like gives him a ghost hug you're just like oh fuck that's so cute <laughs> He pulls the pretzels out of the oven and they're like misshapen and burnt. And he vendors like claps for him. And he goes like this, like a chef's kiss. That's so funny. That episode is really, really good. And I like, he has a lot of like more 
overt memory, like uh, displays towards Fry. It's also probably cuter him and Fry like being friends than it is him like, and his son or whatever. Yeah, the, the Fry and Bender dynamic is just like cute in general a lot of the time as well. All right, so our last uh, survey question, poll question uh, is the best non-Jurassic Bark emotional episode. The nominees are Game of Tones, The Luck of the Fryrish, Lethal Inspection, literally the last episode makes me cry every time, <laughs> and The Devil's Hands are Idle, is it The Devil's Hands are Idle Playthings? Someone just yeah. wrote The Devil's Hands. Yeah, yeah. That was me. <laughs> so I I voted for Game of Tones, but I I could be swayed for Lethal Inspection as well. That one is. I like the leaf in Lethal Inspection. My favorite character is um, the iguana. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really appreciate him in that episode. Lethal Inspection has one of my favorite stupid gags ever from this show. It's where they get off the train after limboing for however long. And they realize, oh, we're just on the border of Mexico. And oh, it's like, oh, we're just, just we're just a stone's throw from Tijuana, where I was born. And he throws the stone. Oh, just off camera. <laughs> There's a stone here on the outskirts of Tijuana. Told you. That would say that. And, and then it's, it's like that's done. I got that that is that is a good one. I, again, I didn't write it in because I, again, I tried to wait because I didn't want to be the only one voting. Like if I saw, I, again, you could be the trendsetter if you're the one that puts in the suggestion. It's true. And I, and I'm mad at Game of Tones because again, you guys know how I feel about Fry's mom. Although that is a good episode as (laughs) the mom thing, whatever. It was just, I was like, is it like the whole episode is emotional or what? Because my, my two were, uh, when oh uh, the second episode with the brains where they put him on the Scooty Puff Jr. to go in and then it breaks. Yes, that is a fantastic episode. So that episode's really good. And when they send him back, that I think that's like um yeah they send him back and then they're like oh like Nibbler like you know he's the one that pushed you in or whatever. So when he grabs Nibbler and he's like I'm sorry like I don't like I don't know and uh, he's like we can't like go back in time or whatever. And he's like talk he talks about Leela and then when he's like. The, you know, do you want like your life or Leela's life basically? And then he's like, yeah, Fry loves Leela so much that he sacrifices everything to go back in time again or to go in the freezer again. And at the very end when he has the flower and he's like, I got this for you, I guess. And she just like, that's like one of the first like times that she like gives him like a really sweet kiss on the cheek. And what does she say? She's like, you might not be the most important person in the world, but like the most important thing is that you're here right now with me. And, and then he goes, and that does make me the most important person in the world. And that's like, every time I'm like, that's really sweet. Like that that uh, episode has one of my favorite side characters, the mayor's aide. <laughs> Is there anything yeah. you can't do? Fail the mayor. <laughs> I can't fail the mayor. Yeah, he's voiced by Bob Odenkirk. Yes, he is. Yes, that is that's such a good little cameo for him. No, that yeah. is that is particularly good. All right, kids, go slide around in your socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for somebody and some girl he's with to go. um I, I i took this i think that this was supposed to be initially something that was like tear jerking like the jurassic park episode like nobody yes. nobody watches that who has a heart with a dry eye at the end um but like i was i was looking at it more in terms of like sweetness like any kind of emotion which is I why did, I, thought- I did the same as you yeah 
Yeah, which is why I thought The Devil's Hands was really good because that closing sequence, because I mean, and a lot of that is just watching through the first seasons, knowing that that was the last episode, you know, and knowing that that was like how things were ending, not knowing that they were going to revive the show later on and having that be the moment that we were left with, like kind of took that emotion to the next level and to see that they were like kind of running off together in this like sweet kind of like romance has a bit of childishness to it like a little bit of innocence despite all of their struggles um but there are a couple i'm surprised didn't make it uh one leela's parents episode yes that's the yes. other one i would have said the end of that one is really good and the the one with the space bees the sting i i the sting is a really weird episode for me like i find it kind of boring until you get to the end Okay. Okay. I, I would I would say that that's fair to to push out only because it's not overly sentimental until the end because there's so much happening in it yeah. and, like, you don't, and you don't know why until the very and then you're like oh like what like Fry did this this is crazy because it, it's it's less it's less sweet and more like focusing on how Leela's going you know quote unquote crazy in her coma but it's not like it's not like sweet that like she misses him or like, I don't know. It's like missing that mark for me when I watch that one. That, that episode's important because it's part of the overall progression of their show. Like that's the first yes. time that he's like, he's actually a rock for me. Like he's actually yeah. somebody who can talk me out of a coma, you know, and won't leave my side once the entire time. That's like, so it, it's got like an importance in terms of the overall arc of their relationship, which, which again, like, I think when I look at, these episodes that really really touch me emotionally um i i see like how they fit into the larger like futurama narrative and don't look at them as individual episodes which is i guess going back to my original point like what it is that i like about the show is it's able to be episodic while also accomplishing that same sort of you know story consistency and progression of character yeah so, you're yeah, you're over a, a little bit more invested yeah. because like yeah, if something does happen, like either they'll kind of make a joke about it later on or like it it does well enough of establishing that it's a part of the story and it will come back like yeah. at some point. Yeah. How I don't know why I just thought about like when they find the other Cyclops who ends up being a mimic and he gets Fry like is trying to get Leela out of this relationship and he ends up in the dungeon and like letting my feces drop wherever it drops. And they're like, animals go oh, in the corner. He's like, the corner. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> It has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but for some reason that just popped in my head. And it's part of like, but it is part of what she doesn't like about him is that he's just kind of this goofy idiot who's always failing in his ability to like convince her of his value as a partner. And that was the first time where it was like, okay, well, actually that value is real. You know, he, he was successful here. That's and actually also one of my favorite animated moments when he pulls on her heel. I don't know why there's like a few moments that I'm like that was really well done and that's one of them where he like pulls on her little heel and he's yeah. like dump him already Leela but yeah like in that episode he's so important to like making sure that he like it's not about him not being with her it's about her not being happy yeah and like he's trying to he's just trying to fix that part yeah yeah that's right you're just jealous <laughs> no oh wait I am but my point <laughs> remains valid <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, one of the other nominees I had on here was the near death wish, which is the one where uh, Professor Farnsworth reconnects with Shabadoo and Graham Graham. Shabadoo. Um, <laughs> so like that one didn't actually get any votes, which I looking back on it, I kind of get because it is kind of like the sting where it's 
pretty offbeat and then there's like a really weird twist where apparently the the professor has a brother that has been confused for that he's been confused for and uh then it ends on this really sweet note where the professor creates a a new simulation for his parents where they get to have a chance to be young again and play and make up for lost time uh but the ending is really the sentimental part of it like the rest of the episode is just kind of really strange with the professor acting childish and then it just builds to that ending which again you can see the the through line but it's it's very hit and miss with the jokes and how how the story is told yeah i feel i feel the same way about that episode that you said that you too feel about the sting i just i didn't i thought it was a little boring and i don't see much of a need to dive into like the professor's unhappiness as a kid really like what i like about the professor is like he's this old guy who's very frail and feeble he can't throw a chair properly you know and it's like, like he just throws it a couple inches forward but then he goes to the beach and he's got like a tattoo that says thug life <laughs> that's one of his better moments <laughs> yeah it's that's what i like about the professor like i, I like old professor i don't want to go back and find out how the sausage is made for the professor you know that's just me I, I totally understand that, but that is our uh, first ever fan poll for Futurama. Again, I hope everyone enjoyed hearing us gush about this show that we've loved that's been around for nearly a quarter century somehow. Wow. It's, yeah, we're, we're just a couple of years away from uh, the 25th anniversary. It's coming back to Hulu. And yeah, this show is just fantastic. I, I, it's pretty timeless too, even especially today with like how big nostalgia is most of these references can be understood by most anyone. I think uh, you're saying that you're nervous about the new season because I I get not wanting to muddy the waters. There are instances of that happening. Like Jurassic Bark really mattered because you thought the dog waited there alone for so long. And then it turns out that he was just living with Lars the whole time, you know, (laughs) in above. But, so that kind of like undermined a lot of what made the first episode so emotionally powerful. But I don't think that it ruined the show for me. And even if the new season does that, like I can just not, I'd rather have it and it be bad and ignore it than decry it out. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm excited about it. So like I'm, I'm looking I'm, to it. I think I'm, it's not, a- I'm, I'm definitely not, not going to watch it. Like I, you know, I'm definitely going to, but it's, it's one of those things like, you're nervous yeah, when, when everyone like gets re-excited about something that I feel like I bet wow that was really gross I just like spit on my face <laughs> thank you my love yes I love you very much I'm almost done I promise uh when when everybody gets excited about something like I'm the person that I, I love Harry Potter same thing read it twice a year every year I hate the movies I hate them they're not good but it feels weird for me to be like I I'm not into the like I don't care about Pottermore and I don't care about like the movies and like, I don't really want to go to the wizarding world. Like, even though it seems like it's a part of it and like, you really should want to, the originals are so important to me that I get like, is it, yeah, is it going to like taint the, like what I already have going on? Like, I just feel like very strange about it. I hold things to weird sentimental values. So I'm still going to watch it and I know that it'll be funny and I know it'll have good episodes but yeah, just like, I'm like, okay, like, just, you know, don't, don't do anything to Fry and Leo that kind of like undermines like everything that they are as characters. Like that'll make me mad. Like don't turn like Amy into a throwaway character. Like she's a, a really legitimately good character when she has when, good writing. And I, I don't want them to like lose like those like little parts. Shopping for a car is one of my favorite 
<laughs> yes, it's just the luxury edition. It has so much more ego. So much more ego. <laughs> Sorry, eighty <laughs> thousand. Like she, Amy's Amy is when you go back. Like I know she's just supposed to be like the dumb Martian slut or whatever, but she's like yeah, she's funny and she gets really good lines. Or like yeah, she's I really enjoy her as a character in the series, and I would hate for them to like shift over to you know Frybender Leela and kind of leave like Amy Hermes and like the professor on the side just because you know they don't have any material for them, I guess. And Voidberg. You all and have Voidberg. <laughs> he's a given. Everybody loves to hate Voidberg. Yeah. It's not just because he's, what was it? Uh, I'll have you know, it's not because he's penniless. It's because he's hideous or whatever. <laughs> when it's just like making fun of him, he's like, oh. <laughs> Desperately poor and miserably lonely. I'll have you know, it's because he's hideous. <laughs> Oh. He, gets, he gets some good solo episodes he does i was gonna bring up the episode where he gets a girlfriend and he ends up like living in a dumpster or something and uh yeah. then she becomes a garbage man because she loves his stink so much like that i love that episode because you're born oh born without a sense of smell that's a lie yeah yes. that episode that episode is really very sweet i like i was also thinking are there any applicants like, that played that voice uh the queen of dragons really <laughs> Knock boots with Zoidberg, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that's, a, that's really well done when <laughs> they do that. Yeah, yeah, I like like uh the when people say the like Zoidberg heavy episodes because it's it's like maybe an unexpected character because like you know you're not supposed to like him, but they always end up being good. But uh does everybody get to go on an adventure with Bender? Like Hermes gets his, Fry, of course, has his. And then I'm like, are, is there, are there any other ones like that? Like, if, if, if for some reason, I was thinking about that the other day when I was watching the um, Lethal Inspection one. I was like, do, do, do people, like, get to go off and have, like, a Bender-heavy episode? Like, Amy does when they do robosexuality. Because, like, her and Bender don't, like, I mean, they interact, but not, like, that's, like, the first time they directly interact. And then, of course, the entire episode is, like, them, like, being the main focus. And oh, Nib Nibbler, Nibbler and uh, Leela and Bender. That's their episode when, when he gets the emotion chip. The, the Lost City of Atlanta, that one, Bender and Zoidberg have the most interaction together, I think, because Bender's helping him move a couch in his new shell. Yes. All right. I'll help. And then he, he accidentally it burns it down because he's smoking a cigar underwater. They went to Zoidberg's home planet. I guess Bender didn't really do much. It was really fry. Yeah, like, but I would say Bender didn't do much on that one. Did, yeah. So did Bender and the Professor have a focused episode together? There was one where he was trying to like when uh, the gender reversal, like gender I, gender. yeah, where uh, Robonia, the Borax kid. No, uh, when he wants to be, uh, he when they're watching the Olympics, he goes to the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then they give him the sex change. Yeah, that, that one, although I was like, no, I think that one's more like Calculon and Bender because Calculon's pretty heavily in that episode. I'm like, and then, yeah, no, I don't think there are really any other ones where it's like Bender and the professor, uh, maybe the sweater folding one, but that's only because he very specifically asked Bender to fold the sweater. That's when they, uh, he duplicates himself over and over and over again. 
ends up like using a crayon to like recreate one of them or orange <laughs> and they, they pop out orange i know that one's so cute and then when they all get drunk because all the water turns into alcohol yeah then you have to save us i'll <laughs> hold the sweater for you you would do that for me you would do two things we all only have to do one quintillionth of a thing <laughs> that's a good episode uh is that Patton oswald in that one is yes he, he plays guy? the the troll yeah yeah so i think we're gonna wrap it up there though uh we could talk about this show for another three hours i think if we if we were allowed the opportunity what um, show so <laughs> talking smack duh <laughs> I, I get you every time when i do that I, it's funny every time too so um rebecca I, do you want to throw out any of your social media um i know you've got like an instagram you don't do twitter i don't do twitter but i i make um some nerdy slash pretty things on irene imagines on instagram embroidery you know cool stuff but i did just old lady things old lady things i did just embroider uh shut up baby i know it uh and gave it somebody at the gym so i did i was uh that was like a i didn't post it because it was like a secret gift for her boyfriend who loves futurama but i uh i embroidered that and then did like a tiny little bender head at the bottom which was really cool so I'll, if it's needle and thread, I'll make anything. And Brendan, you've got, you've got some kind of show. I, I forget the name of the show, um, but it, it's, it's doing all right for itself. Um, if you want to, you want to talk about your show a little bit. Uh, yeah, sure. We talk about, uh, I, I keep trying to think of the elevator pitch for the show because it's a, it's a non-typical food show, uh, but conversations basically start with food and what we eat. And then they splinter off into interesting directions. I think uh, name of the show is Unchefed. And you can find us on Twitter at Unchef, uh, Instagram at Unchef Show, and we have a website, unchef.com. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. All of those are, of course, linked uh, below. Rebecca, I actually need to get your Instagram stuff so I can link those in because I don't do Instagram, so I can't get those links. You is how old are you? <laughs> Eighty six. Eighty six. You're crazy. Instagrams are you see <laughs> there are so many pictures of my dog on Instagram. And he's really cute. So. He is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've seen him like 75 times already today. <laughs> he keeps like teleporting from one side of this. Well, he keeps trying to cross over me to the other side of the coffee table, but there's no room. But he's like, that's what he's doing. He's stepping on my quads, trying to like sneak past me. If, he, if it was up to him, he would walk in front of me the entire time, back and forth. He just likes to rub against me. But and now he's under the table, chewing on my leg. He's got <laughs> a, bone, a bone on my leg. You can follow me at Josh underscore scar on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at talking smack pod. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Please like rate review, uh, like rate review, subscribe to on chef as well. Brendan, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Hopefully we can find another odd year anniversary to talk about Futurama or other nerd things. It's 23 years and two weeks. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, or we'll do Futurella. If that ever gets off the ground, then I'll, I'll watch that one. Nice. Rebecca, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us too. And tell Bo we said hi and he's a good boy. Uh, Bo, you're a very good boy. Yes, they said you did a good job on the podcast today. Oh, he's very excited about it. He's wagging his tail. All right. So everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen and take care. Bye.